Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to Change and Exchange for a Better You. I'm your host, Justin. And what I would like to talk to you guys about today is what does it really mean for all of those whom are Christian to fight against God? Like, how do we fight against God? Why do we choose to fight against God? What are the consequences to fighting against God? Well, here's the thing. And hopefully this will give some insight into the mindset of those whom you know, seek after the Lord, who serve the Lord, for those that are atheists, that, you know, um, really want to understand the mindset of them that follow a God that they can't understand. Here's here's the uh, beginning of... Just what I wanted to talk about, man, like, let me be selfish real quick, man, and just talk. Let me get my thoughts out. You know what I mean? Hopefully you will get something from it. Everybody will get something from it, you know, but um, ultimately I am doing this to get thoughts out that need to be gotten out because at the end of the day, you know, I sit in awe, and you know, I'm going to just go as deep as I, you know, will with this. You know, it's not regulated. It's not been something that I, you know, previously thought about before, you know, coming to do this podcast today. It's actually something that, you know, um, came to my mind just as I was about to do the podcast today. It's like I got so many things that I want to talk about. And it's like, how do I format some of this stuff? But enough rambling. Let's dig in. Let's get get into it. It kind of struck me, right? You know, because sometimes I struggle with lust. Sometimes I have victorious days. But a lot more days in between those victorious days, I have a lot of days where I am struggling. You know, different degrees, different levels of struggle, but nonetheless a struggle. And sometimes I forget that it's to make me stronger. You know, and sometimes I get impatient with God. Sometimes I'm just ready for it all to be over with, not ending my life or anything like that, but getting to that point where I have mastered this body. And sometimes I feel hopeless, man. Is it even attainable? Or am I missing the point with putting my trust in Christ? Because the confliction comes in when I think about the other verse, which says, you know, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. 
which is your reasonable service to the Most High God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you should respect your body because of what it represents. These are some of the things that, you know, honestly speaking, man, uh, I know, like, before I say the other thing, I know that it's all about faith, right? It's not about our works, lest a man shall boast. And no man will be able to stand before the Lord and boast anything. Truly, nothing. Because it's God that gave, our, gave us our body, gave us the strength and the soundness of mind to be able to carry out ideas that we hold true within ourselves. So we have nothing on our end to boast about when it comes to the Lord. And I will say this. It's one of the hardest yet easiest things to do. Which is just to keep your faith when you're going through a situation where you feel hopeless. And for me, sometimes it's the situation of dealing with lust, man. And, you know, um, it's. It's uh, what's the best way that I can say it? It's feel like it feels like. You're being crushed, but you don't get crushed at times. What I mean by that crushed or being, you know, that that crushing feeling like the hopelessness sometimes. And the sadness that comes from. Like. You know, um, the sin that you endure. Yet at other times, man, you 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 feel like you can do anything. You can lift a car. You can lift a house. You can lift a mountain. If God placed this world in your hands, you can lift it as well. That's what it feels like. Ultimately enough, like, it was, I mean, well, weirdly enough that if you do a handstand, you kind of like are like lifting the world. No, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, though, like um, I think about crazy things like that. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day. What helps me a lot to not overthink when it comes to my walk with Christ is understanding that at the end of the day, it's never been about, you know, how I walked versus how Christ walked for me. That's a huge stress reliever. But I still have within me that spirit that wants to do right by God. But I seemingly can't. So I understand Paul when he says, the things that I don't want to do are the very things that I do. The things that I want to do are the things that I don't tend to do. But he gave glory to God in the end. He called himself wretched, but he also knew that his salvation was in Christ. 
And so, like, it's very, it's it's a very perplexed, perplexed thing. And it's very humbling. Thank you, Lord. I know I would be so proud in my nature had I not had so many humbling experiences. Experiences where, like, I thought I knew what I was talking about and was wrong. Had experiences where, you know, you couldn't tell me anything. I was just so prideful and was wrong. I've got humbled in public. I've got humbled by myself. And all those situations, even though I felt like in the beginning, I thought that it was better for me to die, helped me to become the person that I am today. To be more understanding of people that are going through things that feel like, you know, um, you know, I have to walk on eggshell because if I do another thing, man, then I'm going to lose the person that I love in my life. And I'm so glad that God doesn't think that way. I'm so glad that God isn't the way we are towards each other. I'm so glad that he is all powerful and yet merciful. It's truly mind boggling to try and understand how it is that God in his infinite wisdom knowing that we will sin against him, still set up boundaries or still set up solutions rather, as well as boundaries so that we don't go too far off the deep end and are able to receive the solution, which is Jesus and what he has done for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. When he took upon his sins, I mean, when he took upon our sins, he didn't sin. And uh, what that really means, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like, this causes me to wonder, why is it that we fight against God? Well, let me keep it personal. Like I said, I'm going to be selfish. Why is it that I fight against God? He's been nothing but good to me. If I really want to be honest, even when the times where I had doubt, God stayed by my side. And how unfair was it of me to even entertain all of these doubts that I had when he's never lied to me? Yet, I've trusted people when they've lied to me all the time, all my life, in some form or fashion, one way or another, it was a lie being told by the people that I trusted the most. When really my, my trust should have been supremely on God and on God alone. And this statement is a statement that I'm basing after the knowledge, the, the, the knowledge that came from the scripture Put not your trust in man, but put all of your trust in God. Beforehand, I just didn't have a clue. But after that, it's no real excuse. 
I place more trust in man to which I've been let down many times. Sometimes it was intentional, sometimes it wasn't. I felt gullible, I felt stupid, I felt emasculated, and all of these things that I felt, God was still there with me. And yet here I was, yet again, whenever the situation presented itself, and uh, you know, and I failed, here I was again, putting forth those same like that same energy towards God who never failed. Excuse me, never failed me. God never failed me, man. There was times where I thought that I was going to be, you know, like like I wasn't going to make it, like physically, like, you know, like I was going to die. Like I'm in a situation, you know, where people are shooting and stuff like that. I had nothing to do with nothing. We went to a party. You know what I mean? Somebody got a shooting, man, and, you know, me and my, my homeboys and sometimes my cousins, man, we running. And all we were trying to do was have a good time and could have got killed. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, but even in that scary moment, I knew to see God. I knew that he was the answer. I just knew, man. I knew, man. It wasn't even in me to think of, hey, man, well, let me call somebody that I know, you know what I'm saying, back then in those days to come through with a, you know, with a gun to help this situation out or anything. It was the first knee-jerk reaction to what I was going through at the time. And I've been in a couple, like several of those situations. I can really say a couple, but yeah, several of those situations where somebody got shooting and, um, you know, I, you know, I didn't have anything to do with anything for like 99.9% of the time. The 1% I indirectly had something to do with, you know, it was like two, two crews clashing against each other, man. I was young again. I think we were around 17, 18, teenagers, man, at a party. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, one of my homeboys who was like a couple years older than us. So if, I, if we were 17, he was like 19. You know what I mean? He had a pistol. You know what I mean? But he ain't bring, He just bought it just in case, you know. The way I was, you know, raised, you know, um, you had to think about things like that because of the neighborhood that we grew up in, what we saw. We were from the inner city, you know, and um, rough. You know, that's the best way I can explain it. It was rough. But, you know, you normalize so many things that shouldn't be normalized that, I mean, it makes you grow up quick. And it makes you think about things that really you shouldn't be able to, I mean, not be able to, but it makes you think about things that you shouldn't have to think about at the time. And that was me. You know, like, The the biggest things, like, throughout all of those situations, man, like, getting back to that story, man, like, basically, we didn't start the trouble. The other crew did. So when it was time to go, it was time to go. So, like, you know, we got together. You know, it was at a, 
back then, you know, in the 90s, man, you know, they would have, you know, hotel parties and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you, you know, like it's, it's just teenagers, man, everywhere, man. And, you know, like it was nice, but you know, at the same time, like you got a lot of testosterone in that room at the time, man. You know, and uh, especially during that time because we were beefing with, uh, you know, Southside anyways, my part of uh, the neighborhood I was from, which was Northside. So, um, you know, Southside and Northside were beefing at that time, certain parts. And this happened to be the side that we were beefing with. So it was all uh, young cats, you know what I mean? And... uh, we 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 got to it outside, you know, and uh, my homeboy, you know, like he pulled a strap out, you know, he pulled a gun out, and uh, you know, it was some threats being made, but um, everybody went home intact and uh, with no severe injuries. So, you know, God, thank you, Lord Jesus, you be praised. And I bless your name for that because, yeah, they started it, but we were hard-headed. All of us were hard-headed, you know, and uh, that could have really turned out differently. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is, getting back to the fighting God part, me being a Christian, why is it that I wanted to go somewhere where that could be a possibility anyways? As a young person in Christ, Right. And even to this day, it's like, man, it's still very tempting to even though I'm old, I mean, a lot of that stuff. You know, like you grow out of with maturity. Right. Like I'm not going to most clubs out there. And to be honest, the only way that I'm really going. Is like, uh, I mean, the best the best way I can say it is, man, I've been prompted to go by my big bro. He's more of an avid club goer than I am. I'd rather stay at home, to be honest. Stuff that I can do around the house is stuff that, you know, I can work on as far as my business, as far as, like, improving myself. So, you may, I mean, just, well, to be honest, man, even if I'm not doing anything but just watching TV, I would rather do that than go out to the clubs. You know, I mean, I did it a lot when I was in my early 20s. And, you know, you know, I just look at it. I don't care what they say about the age range. Stuff still could happen. Misunderstandings happen all the time. And when you include alcohol in there, and some people still have, like, substances that they maybe abused before getting there, I mean, anything can happen. It makes it a Molotov cocktail, if you will, you know. So, you know, I'd rather stay away from stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I go, I'd rather go to like a cafe or something. You know what I mean? And go during the day. If I'm going somewhere at night, I'd rather go to a restaurant, man, where I'm eating and I'm enjoying myself. And after that, I kick rocks and I go home. You know what I'm saying? I go to, man, listen, I go by myself. You know what I'm saying? I do. I go by myself, man. I don't care. I don't care. I used to feel strange when I first started doing it, but you know, and this is just a testimony of how good God is. 
He was the one that got me doing that. Because at first, I never really wanted to go out and do certain things by myself. Namely, go to the movies by myself or go to a restaurant by myself. I felt weird. But God was building my confidence up. I used to feel strange. I used to be like, man, all these people looking at me, they probably like, man, why this man ain't got no date? He had a table. Why he ain't just go up there to, you know, the bar and order from there? You know, all of these things that really in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. You know what I mean? And like really a lot of our angst or, you know, anxiousness comes from a very unreal place, man. It's delusional in nature. It's not based out of reality. A lot of times people might look at you, but they ain't really paying no attention to you like that, man. You're not living that much in their heads like that, man. You know, that's just our ego. You know what I mean? That's just our fears and our worries, man. At the end of the day, if somebody is looking at you like that, man, like if it's the opposite sex, man, you know, maybe they like you. I mean, even with the same sex nowadays, man, the way things are, you know what I mean? Or, I don't know, maybe they like your outfit or something like that, but a lot of times it ain't even what you're thinking, you know? So, um, yeah, and I appreciate that because now I do have the confidence to go and do other things that used to be uncomfortable for me. You know what I mean? And my confidence has been, you know, steadily rising, so... I'm thankful to the Lord for for what he was doing. I didn't see it at the time, which brings me back. Like, why do I fight God when he's been nothing but good to me? I sin. I hate the sin, but I continue periodically, you know, to do sin, whether it be the same sin or a different sin. But it's most of the time, it's like the same sin. You know, and uh, at the end of the day, man, it bothers me. But I'm also happy because the Bible clearly states about like, you know, those that don't have any conscience towards it anymore, it's like your conscious consciousness has been seared. It's been, you know, like... Or in other words, you know, your hard-heartedness. Your heart your heart has just grown incredibly hard. So it's callous towards, you know, um, the feelings of God. And uh I mean the Bible, you know, says to repent, man. You can you can repent. That's something that He He will grant you if you truly want it. You know. Um and that's the thing, like, I feel sad when I sin against God. And I do feel hopeless in the aspect that it's like I can't do anything to change. And even when I feel like that, God comes in and he says, if you had the ability to stop sinning on your own, then Jesus would not have had to die. And I'm so amazed at his kindness towards me to refresh me with the word, but that's what he says. He says the Holy Spirit will remind you of what Jesus said. 
So here's the thing. If you allow yourself to think improperly, then you will cause yourself to be anxious, to be worried, and you won't see the peace of God activated in your life, even though it's there. You'll live in a reality that God has not made for you to live in, but it's actually a perception that's coming from you. We all do it to a certain degree. And the best thing you can do to free yourself is understand and believe that you have been made free and whom the Son has made free is truly free indeed. Let's break that down. Indeed, in works, you have been freed. But also, indeed, can mean in truth. So you are truly free even down to your works because of what Christ done. So rejoice, which that's what the Bible says. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart, the desires of your heart he will give you. You see how it's kind of like full circle when you change the way you think. And guess what happens? When you get to a point, I mean, because really the truest understanding is we will always have something that we'll have to work on on this side of heaven. But we are to press forward towards the mark, as the Bible is saying. We're pressing forward towards that that glory, man, that, that, um, you know, that, that eternal reward, man, that that God has laid out for us, man, when we get to his presence, man. God want to reward us. All we have to do is diligently seek him. You know what I mean? And he doesn't make it hard. When we sincerely pray and we give thanks to the Lord first, right? Because the Bible says come to come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. When we come like that, like, think about it. Like, I remember praising the Lord and starting to feel better. And then having the thought, man, why am I not doing this more often? Because really, like, it does come down to renewing your mind. Just like the Bible says. When you change the way you think, you change the way you see and when you change the way you see, you see those things that you couldn't change. I mean, that you couldn't see due to your unwillingness to change. And you see possibilities where you used to see burdens and like, like uh, not strongholds, but basically struggles. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. We have to change the way we think and then we'll be able to process and accept what God has given, you know, um, and we'll be able to move and operate in a way that's pleasing to the Lord in faith. You know, and that's the awesome thing. Like, literally, 
our blessings are already there for the most part. Just waiting on us to pick them up. You know what I mean? Like the blessing of strength, the blessing of um, healing, the blessing of um, wisdom. God is just saying, pick it up. And you can't pick it up unless you pick it up with faith. And it's the same way with God. You can't please God unless you have faith in him. And faith that he, I mean, and in that faith, you must know and understand that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seeks him. So it's like, yes, we will fight God, but God has already made provisions for us. Right? And all we have to do is steadily keep going towards those provisions, which is to go, go towards the Lord. And we'll have what we're seeking. We'll live lives that is more joyful. And no matter what we go through, we can train ourselves to be accepting of what we go through and also to see God's hand in everything. Right? Seeing God works doesn't take away from the struggles that you might go through but it gives you a perspective of hope so that when you go through those struggles, you got something that you can brace on. It's just like you're on a bus and they got those poles on a bus that you can hold on to. And maybe it's, you know, going around like, you know, a, uh, it has, you know, basically the bus has a, a sharp turn to make, you know, and it's driving at a kind of accelerated speed. So you hold on to that, that bar, right, that pole, and you get through it. But we have to have that same faith that we have if we were riding the bus. At the end of the day, we don't even think about that pole falling. We don't think about, you know what I'm saying, the bus, like, spiraling out of control or anything when we grab that pole. That's the same type of trust we got to have with God, even greater action. But let's start with that. Let's start there. You know what I mean? And, like, afterwards, it's like, okay. Okay. This is, this is what's up. You'll see differently. You'll be able to see the stars beyond the clouds. You know what I mean? The clear sky beyond the clouds. You know what I'm saying? When it's, like, heavy and you know, dreary underneath those clouds, you know, when we're looking up at them clouds. You know what I mean? Like, we get to see, you know, that bird's eye view from atop those clouds where where it's like, you know, if it's sunny outside, you know, like, and, you know, on the top of those clouds, you can see the sun. You know, or if it's nighttime, you can see the, you can see the moon and the stars. You know what I mean? So, with that being said, everybody, man, um, it was just something that I was thinking about, man. At the end of the day, man, I think the lesson that we should learn is to change the way we think so that we'll be able to see differently, so that we'll be able to better interpret through the eyes of hope that we're going to be okay, no matter what the situation is. 
especially when we have God. There's no other way that we'll be okay. Because there's no certainty outside of God. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen the fear on men's faces when they thought that this was it and they didn't have a relationship with Christ. I've also seen the peace on faces of people that have been going through something and they know that they're getting ready to leave this earth but they have a real connection with the almighty creator through Jesus Christ. I saw them be peaceful and leave this earth with a smile on their face. Actually, one of my family members did that. I said that in one of my um, previous podcast episodes. Uh, Yeah. You know, one of my family members did that. I've heard many stories where just like one recent one where a lady had lost her brother, but instead of her being sad, you know, she said that, um, you know, her brother took a look at the window and said, okay, and told her, hey, look, man, I'm getting ready to leave. He was going home with the Lord. And then he said his final goodbye, looked at the window again, and he was gone. But he had peace like he wasn't afraid. Death is only leery and and, um, worryful, if that is a word, to them that don't have any assurance to what's to come. Like, I remember hearing about Alex Crawley, right? I think that's his last name. He was a guy that was a Satanist. And um, I think he was the creator of the Church of Satan. And they recorded his last words as being, Oh God, oh God, oh God, I'm wrong. I was wrong or something to that extent. What have I done? And he died. (coughs) I forget. Well, actually, no, it wasn't that I didn't forget. I remember listening to this station when I was driving my family when they were younger. We were going to Florida to see my ex-wife's side of the family and just enjoy ourselves as a family down in Florida. Um, I remember listening to the to this one station. You know, they had the gospel on. And uh, as I was driving, my family was asleep. You know, and I was on the road, man, doing my thing, driving. We were in Georgia getting ready to pass over into Florida. We had a couple more hours to go before we, you know, reached my uh, ex-wife's aunt and uncle's house. And I was tired, but I remember um, turning on to this station and hearing the uh, broadcaster talk about a story of some famous actress that died and she woke up on the autopsy table 
And uh, she said, yeah, fire, fire, fire everywhere, fire everywhere. And she, you know, she died. You know, I, you know, because I turned at the time, I, I didn't get what or who her, you know, who she was or whatever. I, I, I turned in after he probably spoke her name. Maybe he didn't speak her name. But the only part, well, it probably, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly positive because he said, well, the part that I turned tuned in on was like the famous actress died. So more than likely, he probably said her name. You know, uh, but it was recorded that that of that being her, you know, her last words on earth. You know, I mean, hell is a real place. Heaven is a real place. God is real. I've had my own personal experience. And I remember like when I was younger and like the pastor would talk about Paul on the road to Damascus. And it was it struck me kind of strange to hear the pastor talk about how Paul was like, who art thou, O Lord? Like, how can you say, who are you, and yet say, you know, Lord at the end of that? It's like, clearly you know that that's the Lord. Well, here's the thing. When I had a vision, when I was a young boy, and I met God, he didn't have to introduce himself. You knew that that was God. He was light. There was no darkness in him. You knew that behind that light was a figure that was a man. And you knew that he created all the things that you see and don't see. And that you can trust him for whatever he says to be truth. 100%. And I got to tell you, man, like over the years, I've heard many people say that if I was before God, I would do this. I would do that. No. When you're in the presence of God, first of all, if you're on the right side, you feel this happiness, this joy, and this peace that is really undescribable. You really, it's it's nothing to compare it to because of how great it is. It's nothing to compare it to because of how pure it is. And it's nothing to compare it to because of how vast it is. It's a a very different experience. And there is no wondering, oh, am I cool with God? You know, is everything okay with God? You know, between me and God? No, you know. And at the same time, you know that God don't need the angels to protect you. Like, he really, on his own, can protect you and be perfectly efficient in protecting you but also when you're in his presence you know you feel his love you alongside the peace and you know the 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 joy you have man like in his presence I felt like just jumping up and like I just couldn't if I was in my regular like it was a vision so if I was physically face to face with God I can understand why the Bible says that you would die. His presence is that commanding. His presence is that, like, put it this way. When I woke up from 
that vision, I felt like now I'm asleep. Like that was more real than the reality that I live every day. If you can fathom that. The color that I saw, it was exactly like what the Bible was saying, this amber, like, you know, um, glow and uh, everything that the Bible was saying about God is exactly what it is. And when God is there, you 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 won't say like, you know, I'll I'll do this or I'll do you, you don't you know, you don't even in fact his his presence is so commanding that you're just in awe. You're just in awe. And that's even when you're on the good side of it. You know what I mean? Like he's not judging you. You know what I mean? And uh I believe from what I've been told, it's equally true, it's equally terrifying for for those that have gone before God and you knew that you weren't okay. Think about it. The stories that people talk about where they maybe went before God before God gave them a vision of hell. God didn't lie at all. They knew that they weren't on the right side of God. They felt fe- they felt fear. They felt it. Equally true, those that were on the right side of God, we felt peace. We felt safe. We knew that we were protected. It's no in-between. He doesn't, and you know that that's God. He didn't have to introduce himself. He didn't have to have this big grandioso entrance. I was surrounded by darkness and his light broke through. And the amazing thing about that situation is how peaceful his presence was when I saw that light. Excuse me, everybody at work, man. I got out of work, man, and I'm up early, early in the morning. You know, but um, it was an amazing ordeal, man. Like, when he asked you a question, God, you, you, you have the answer as soon as he asked the question, and you're telling the hundred, you're telling a hundred percent the whole truth. I don't care what people say that they will say. I'm telling you, my experience was as God, the creator of all things, stands before you and he stood before me. Well, actually, he was on his throne, but his light was so bright you couldn't really see his throne, you know, and to put context to it, he his light shined so bright that he made the sun look like a night light that you put up in your room. It is that that brilliant and um you know like the like the glow, man. It's it's outerworldly. It's nothing to compare it to. And yet as bright as that light was, I could still look through that light and understand even though I couldn't see that it was a man behind that. He had a man's form. It was a strong man, but he wasn't like the strongest looking bodybuilder. He was exactly God. Like he was true. 
his image was true. He didn't have to present himself as this very, very muscular person, but at the same time, he was strong. That's the best way I can say it. He didn't try to deceive me in the least little bit. And, uh, like, he was just true all the way through and through. It was no lies in God. Like, he didn't have a an ounce of hatred towards me and whatever he said was the truth and uh here's a little uh you know nugget too for those that uh, are christians and are, and are going through it whenever you pray to god i don't care if it's me you and a million people praying to god at the same time god hears all of our prayers the same way i'm talking on this podcast individually simultaneously like what how can he because he's God by that very definition he's supposed to do those things that's impossible for a man to do so don't lose hope on the things that you pray you don't pray to God about and also have the understanding because this is true when you pray to God it's instantaneous that he hears you when you when you like start to pray when you commence to pray and those words start flowing out you are before God that's how fast he gets it it's nothing that I saw in the spiritual realm because I saw how it looks like when people pray pray to God it's instantaneous it doesn't matter where you're at there's nothing that can stop your prayer there wasn't even any demons around when people were praying to God meaning it may be a person that was demonically possessed, but he doesn't have any power over the prayers that Jesus, man, he is awesome. But he doesn't have any power over the prayers that you speak when you're talking to God. He can't stop your prayers. He can't. Now, God may take his time to Answer your prayers, but know that his timing is perfect. You know what I mean? Just like that song say, you know, he may not be there when you want him, but he's always on time. So, you know, and that's true. So I saw it physically with my own eyes, man. Like everybody, it was like millions of people praying at the same time. And God received all of them by himself, not an angel. It was like these great beams of light that were golden you know and like just moving at a pace that was too fast for my eyes to really be able to understand what it is that I'm looking at that means that there's no delay when it comes to your prayers towards our God instantaneously man you're right before the, the throne room of God and he's standing I mean well he's on the throne you know what I mean and he's listening to your prayer as you're praying it in real time ain't no you know angels taking them prayers to him I mean it could be I didn't see that but I just saw him receiving everybody's prayer simultaneously instantaneously at the same time, it was just amazing. I, I, I keep saying that, but that's because of how amazing that, that whole scene was. And he was still just this one God. 
but he was able to see and, and listen to everybody's prayer individually with 100% of his, his uh, devotion to that person. Like he was totally connected to everybody who was praying to him. And again, I know it sounds crazy. How can God do this? So you mean to tell me all of these people are talking? About, he's not a man. He's God. Put that thinking down. That's where you're messing up. For people that don't believe in God, that's the reason why you're not being, that's not, that's the reason why you're not under, able to understand. So please listen, man, like with an open heart. He's not a regular man. We could never do the things that God do. We're not as forgiving as God is. Number one, we're not as loving as God is. Number two, the actual definition of God, or part of it is, to be able to do those things that are impossible for a man to do. That's one of the things that we all know without even having to be told when you hear the word God. He's supposed to be higher in his ways than man and in his abilities than man in every way. Even those that come from a mythological background, right? They're supposed to have powers that are beyond those of man. Able to, you know, like rip you know, uh, um, to tear through uh, like a wildebeest like it's paper. Or whatever the beast was, you know, because, you know, the Bible has the lion, but there are mythological creatures that, you know, were able to tear through humans, you know, or gods that were mythological that were able to devour humans and, you know, like strength was above that of the strongest man in the world. So, I mean, even in the mythological case, we know and understand that God is supposed to be above man. And the God that I've seen, man, which is the God of the universe, man, that created all things, man, he was exactly what the Bible described. And I could see how it would be a fearful thing to go before God in a way that, like, for instance, if you haven't, or for lack of, better word, lack of a better word to say, or a statement to say, would be like, if you were to go before God without, you know, salvation. That's a scary thing. You know what I mean? That's a very scary thing. And, uh, man, God has just been, you know, he's just so awesome, though, man. Like, the understanding that you have in his presence is far different and far greater than the understanding that you have about him. Even though you learn about him, like, for some of us, your entire lives. The stuff that I was taught about God, even though it was 100% true, when you're actually experiencing it, it brings a different meaning, like a whole new level of understanding. It's amazing. It's actually 
I, I don't know what word I could put to accurately describe it other than good and perfect. I can see why God alone is good. You don't get any kind of like, you know how some people you be around and you're like, man, this guy up to something. Or she's up to something. You don't get none of that with God. Whatever he's saying, that's, that's what it is. He actually means everything that he says. There is no, you know, double talk. There is no double meaning. There's no hidden agendas. He is. I think that's the best way that I can sum it up, like, because I don't think there isn't a tongue that I know on this earth that'll do God justice for how great his presence was and how good he is. And that's something to think about. There's nothing that I can say, no tongue. It's even better than hallelujah, which is supposed to be the highest form of praise. It's far better than that. When you see God, I think like, like we're going to have to create a, a word that, that has to be, in essence, holy, like, you know, and only for God. And I think that we'll be able to do so after God is all in all, which the Bible does talk about after everything happens, but... That'll be the only way that we can perfectly give God the praise that is deserving of him. That he deserves. I, I mean, really, man, like, the joy that I felt, I I really can't, it's better than anything else I experienced, man. It's better than sex. It's better than, you know, like, winning. It's better than Achieving the hardest goals. There's nothing that I could like put it to, man. Like, really. A person keeping their word. Like, say you wanted to go to Disneyland or something like that. It's better than that. There's nothing that I can say that'll justify how good you feel in God's presence, man. Nothing. Nothing. It's that good. And he's that real. He truly is light with no darkness. Which is weird because even though he was light with no darkness, I could still see his form. He was a man. He wasn't a woman. I know you got some people out there that believe God is a woman. No, he's not. He's exactly who he says he is. It's always in the masculine form. And no, it's not just because that's how they did it from back in the days as far as in the description of a God. It's because he truly is who he says he is. You know? So, with all that I was saying, here's what I will leave you with. We fight against God because it's in our nature to fight against God. But the solution is to submit. The solution is to understand that even though 
our submission isn't perfect, we must be thankful that it's accepted by the Lord. We must just try to serve him with everything and to love him with our whole entire being and everything that is connected to us. Because in doing so, we'll reap the benefits of a wisdom that is not common amongst men and a hope that is also not a, com that not a common thing amongst men. With that being said, let us change and exchange for a better us. Peace.